Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. Welcome to another edition of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. This is episode 32. And like always, how we like to begin, if you want show notes from today's episode, please go to drpiersblog.com forward slash LLP032. Again, if you want today's show notes, please go to drpiersblog.com forward slash LLP032. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about the liver. And I'm going to be giving you some very nice fun facts on the liver. I'm going to give you some symptoms, some, you know, things to look out for when your liver is not working and why the liver is so important to the body. And the motivation behind today's episode really was I was seeing a rash of diseases involving the liver in the hospital setting. And, you know, this was either medication effect, this was due to injury, this was due to chronic disease, but I was just seeing so many patients who are suffering from liver dysfunction that I felt, you know what, I think I need to bring this on the Lunch and Learn because I think I need to stress, especially to my younger listeners, that the liver is something that is so important that we need to take care of it as soon as possible. And for many, especially the types of patients I was seeing in the hospital when I would talk to them and I'd get their history, they started causing problems for the liver when, you know, they were just a kid. And, you know, now that they're 40, 50, 60, 70 years old, now they're unfortunately reaping what they sow. So on today's episode, just sit back again. This is another good one, a great informational one. And as always, if you have any friends and family members, go ahead and pass on this episode to them and give make sure they give them a listen. Again, if they don't like listening to the podcast, you know, go ahead, send them to our website. Again, drpiersblog.com forward slash LLP 032. So let's sit back and let's take uh, a listen on our way to understanding what exactly does the liver do for you. Very uh, exciting. I don't want to say exciting topic because, you know, these are these medical topics are, is like, I guess they're exciting to me. Um, but another uh, important topic, I should say, let's better say that. Definitely an important topic today. We're going to be talking about the liver and we're going to be talking about the importance of the liver and, you know, why you really should take care of it. And I want to, of course, like as always, we're going to kind of give some backstory um, I now that I do a lot of inpatient medicine, again, remember I used to do outpatient medicine, but now I do inpatient medicine, I'm seeing a lot more acute uh, medical issues and a lot more chronic issues that end up being acute, right? Which means that uh, if we could have took the steps in, in, while they were in the outpatient world, they probably wouldn't be seeing me now. But they are, so, you know, what, you know, what can you do? We got to take care of them. In, in that regards, right? So we're going to be talking about the liver today, right? And, you know, what's been driving this liver force? I, I'm not sure what's been going on in the past, like, four to six weeks, uh, but I've gotten a lot of patients who come in uh, with liver dysfunction. A lot of patients are coming in with liver dysfunction, and that's something that I definitely want to say, you know what, let me uh, let me tell people how important their liver is, right? And, and we'll, we'll talk about some of the things that we're doing, you know, on a day-to-day basis that damages our liver. 
And, you know, hopefully, you know, when you're, you know, 30, when you're 40, when you're 50, when you're 60, um, you'll still have an intact liver with nothing to worry about, right? So that's, uh, you know, where it's uh, important, where we got to be very mindful of what we're doing now. Uh, because, again, I'm seeing, I'm seeing way too many cases of uh, patients with, you know, liver failure or liver disease or on all these kind of different issues that uh, kind of led them to actually be in the hospital setting, right? And what does that mean? Like, what, what does it mean when your liver is failing, right? So that's what we'll be talking about all in today, right? So sit back and, uh, you know, uh, get ready to listen to another um, great episode of the Lunch and Learn here uh, with yours truly, like always. Uh, don't forget to share, 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 or like. Um, your shares are much appreciated. Your likes are much appreciated. And, you know, you know, share me on your timelines or other people's timelines who you felt like really needs to kind of uh, listen um, to what we're talking about today. So when we talk about the liver, like what is liver, right? First example, right, it's a extremely vital organ, right? And, and when I say it's extremely vital organ, it's something that when it does not work well, chaos erupts right and I, I that's really you know pretty much I'm not I don't I won't even say I'm like I'm hyperbolizing it like it's really a problem when your liver is not working right because there's so many different functions chemical functions metabolic functions that the liver is in control of that we of course we don't even realize we probably don't even think about it most of us don't uh, that when the liver starts causing problems like we start seeing it everywhere from top to bottom and you know, when I talk about the symptoms of you know uh, what it means to like have a bad liver or liver disease, um, you'll see what I mean. So the liver is an extremely vital organ. It's actually the largest organ in our body, right? Um, larger than the heart, the spleen, you know, the lung, like it's the largest uh, organ in our body. And it's responsible for so many things um, in regards to uh, us surviving, right? And that's pretty much it, right? Like it's, if your liver goes, you are not living, Period. Right. Um, just like if I take your heart out, uh, you are not living. If I take your brain out, you are not living. If your liver goes, you are not living. Right. Like, again, I could take out one kidney and you could be fine with the other kidney. Uh, but if I take your liver out, uh, you know, that's all she wrote. Right. So that's why we have to be very, very uh, mindful of what we're doing to try to prevent you know, this liver becoming a problem in the, in the future later on. So what, what is a function of the liver? Right? So three functions. We talk about detoxification, right? Your liver, when and most people really focus on the kidneys being a, a great detoxifier uh, because that's pretty much what it does for patients who have to go on dialysis. Uh, that's the reason why, because they don't have a system to kind of clean out the system, but clear, clear out their body system of all the waste. But the liver does just as much and, you know, has just as much of a, a vital, um, you know, role in like cleaning out your system of all of the toxic metabolites kind of associated with it. Protein synthesis. So liver is a huge, um, you know, factor in, you know, making proteins in your body. And when I talk about proteins, I'm talking about ones that result in uh, blood clotting. Like, again, uh, you know, we may take it for granted, but if you cut yourself, you expect yourself to stop bleeding, right? And that's a, a tire function of your liver working, right? If you cut yourself, you prick yourself, you, you know, you cut yourself on the piece of glass, you stub your toe, or you know, step on a nail or something, and you start to bleed, your liver is the reason why you will stop, right? Because if your liver is not working, you're not going to stop bleeding. Again, so we can kind of see where some of these things are starting to uh, play a factor as far as the liver um, is being concerned. 
uh, cholesterol production, um, production of you know carbohydrates. Again, we need cholesterol. We need carbohydrates. We don't need a lot of it, but we do need it to survive. It. They actually play a vital role and uh you know the messaging system they play a vital role in muscle uh you know development so you know brain development like so you need uh this cholesterol and the carbs to kind of get moving uh, to the next step right vitamin storage right so we're going to list some of the vitamins that if your liver is a problem you will have a problem with your your these vitamins right you can have a problem with vitamin a vitamin a is very important in vision you're going to have a problem with vitamin D. Vitamin D is another big thing, especially when we're talking about calcium uh, reabsorption. I think right now the big craze right now is, you know, everyone wants to be get vitamin D supplements or everyone thinks they're vitamin D deficient or should be vitamin D deficient. And, you know, we're finding to the point where, like, if I give you vitamin D, they're, they're almost telling me it cures cancer, right? Because we're seeing so much benefits of having an adequate supply of vitamin D. So you can see a problem what happens if you do not have enough vitamin D, right? So if your liver is, is shot for reasons that we're going to talk about, um, that's, what, that's the risk you run into, right? I talked about vitamin K. Vitamin K is an important uh, uh, you know, vitamin when we talk about that blood clotting issues. Again, the fact that you can cut yourself and you know you're going to stop bleeding, that's all vitamin K. If you're vitamin K deficient, you're not going to stop bleeding, right? So if you're, so if, and for, and for, I want you guys to kind of think about it, especially you guys who may not, who may be familiar with it. You may have some friends or family members, or you may be on it yourself. If you're on a medication called Coumadin, if you're on a medication called Coumadin, the reason why Coumadin works, right, is it because it depresses your vitamin K system symptoms, uh, your your systems like so so depressed that you stop clotting blood. And in the sense where you need Coumadin, like you need that medication to thin your blood out, like that's how that works, right? It makes makes it so that vitamin K does not work effectively. And, and what do we do? Like, let's say if a person who's on these, these medications, the Coumadin's of the world, and they start bleeding and they have an accident, and I got to stop their uh, Coumadin from working very quickly, I give them vitamin K, right? Just to give you an idea what uh, the important role is of vitamin K. Uh, the next one, vitamin B12. Vitamin B12 is another uh, big one, especially when we talk about energy, especially when we talk about muscle uh, you know, uh, development, breakdown. Um, and for patients who become vitamin B12 deficient, not only do they start having issues with muscle weakness and fatigue, they also start having issues with confusion. They also have issues with um, uh, like almost what there's a the term called almost like a, a, a Wernicke's type concern where they like they start lying and they don't realize they're lying. Like it's like so it messes up from the mental standpoint. If you're severely vitamin B12 deficient, that's a lot of problems. So again, when we, we talk about the liver, when we talk about the liver and its importance of the liver, understand that there's so many different functions. Again, it's the biggest organ in your body. Biggest organ in your body. It's probably one of the most important ones. Like I said, if if you had to rank it, you know, you got heart, brain, and then the liver is right there, right? Like I can't, you know, yeah. Yeah, the liver is like right there. Because again, lungs, I can get somebody, I can get some machine to breathe for you. Um, uh, the kidneys, I can get a machine to do your kidneys work. But if your liver goes, uh, you're in trouble, right? And again, the 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 motivation behind talking about the liver today, again, is not a sexy uh, disease like you know the lupuses or the diabetes of the world. Um, but it's such an important factor that if, if, I, if we don't even give you like the basis, like you say, hey, you know what, stop messing with your liver. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of people are going to have problems. And again, we'll talk about why. I, I think a lot of you know one of the biggest causes of liver dysfunction. And of course, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that, especially when I talk about some of the patients um, I've been dealing with over this uh, past 
uh, you know, about four weeks. Again, I'm not sure what it is, but like I'm getting a lot of liver problems in these past four weeks in that regards, right? So see, so we're going to talk about six different causes. We're not going to go into detail, right? Like the details we can actually literally leave probably for a separate lunch and learn, right? Because they're, they're so uh, invasive. But like the number one, like infection, right? There's an infectious cause uh, for you to have a, a problem with your liver, right? And uh, most of you may know it as most of you, most of you get your hep B, like everybody, not say most, everybody's gotten their hep B shot. Um, so hepatitis, right? So hepatitis is inflammation of the liver. And a couple causes, the number one, well, number one, number top cause, I won't say number one, top causes uh, for hepatitis or inflammation of the liver is actually viral, like a viral um, hepatitis, right? And uh, probably most common ways to get that, uh, IV drug use or um, sex, sexual, because it is STD as well. So IV drug use or um, sexual transmission um, is a way to get, uh, you know, the, the viral form of hepatitis, right? And the big issue with the viral form of hepatitis, especially for my patients who, you know, suffer or, you know, who do like the IV drug using, is a lot of times it kind of runs together with HIV. So it's not, a, it's not uncommon, especially in the inpatient world, not uncommon for me to diagnose a patient with hep C and diagnose them with uh, HIV, right? Because, you know, a lot of the needles that get shared and everything else that kind of goes along uh, with that. But again, hep C can also be trans, hep C and hep B can be transfused through blood transfusions. That's why they're very rigorous on like who's allowed to do a blood transfusions or not. Um, before, back in the day, they weren't. And the reason why that's important is because if you are born uh, between the age, between the years, I believe it's like 1955 to 1965, like the government will pay for you to do the Hep C test, right? That's how uh, that's how rampant, right? The the spread of Hep C was around that time, right? And because they didn't they used to do a lot of the testing in regards to you know screening for hepatitis B, screening for hepatitis C. So if you're born between the age, you know, the years of 1955 to 1965, the government like recommends and says, no, you should have a Hep C screening, right? Because that's how uh, much it's happened uh, in, in that age group, in that age bracket, right? Just to kind of give you an idea. Number two, and it probably should have been number one, alcohol, right? Alcohol is one of the strongest predictors uh, for liver problems in the future, right? Alcohol. And I'm, I'm not talking about the people who do maybe like a cocktail here and there, the, the quote-unquote social drinkers, right? Because, and you have to be careful when you, and that's why I say social drinkers, because sometimes a person socially drinks a 12-pack of beers every single day. Right. So when we talk about social drinkers, we got to, you know, make sure we premise that. Right. So if you're, you know, you try to have a glass of wine with your dinner. I'm not really talking about that. I'm talking about those who do it in excess. I'm talking about those who do it in excess chronically. Um, You have some people who they may not drink, you know, from Monday through Friday. uh, Yeah. Monday through let's say Monday, let's say Sunday to Thursday, they might not drink from Sunday to Thursday, but come Friday and Saturday, they're like tore up every single weekend, right? So that adds up too, right? Like that, that isn't any different from the person who drinks a six can, six pack of beer every single day for years, right? Um, so whether you binge drink, again, whether you binge, again, drink responsibly, um, whether you binge drink or you drink you know, uh, every single day, like that's a problem, right? And that's a risk factor uh, for a possible 
um, you know, liver problems in the future, right? And we're going to talk about what some of these liver problems kind of add up to and what they kind of equal uh, in, in that regard, right? But that's something we definitely have to be very, very mindful of uh, when we're talking about the, the consumption of liver, right? And for my medical students, and uh, especially my medical students who watch this, um, remember, it's always important to, like, really get patients to, like, give you specific details on how much they drink, right? Because patients, unfortunately, lie. Right. They, they they when they used to see my office, they lied to. They'd say, hey, I only take about one or two beers. Next thing you know, I'm getting a call. They're admitting for alcohol intoxication and their alcohol is through the roof. Right. So patients lie. We understand patients lie. Um, but we just got to hope that we build that trust factor. We talked about trust um, on the lot on the last podcast. If you haven't uh, copped that, go ahead and get go ahead and take a listen to that. Um, if you don't trust your doctor, uh, you're not going to tell them that you drink, you know, six or 12 packs of beer every single day, right? So that's why you got to get a trust factor in there. Trust factor is important, right? Trust factor will save lives. If you don't have that, you're not going to save any lives. So, you know, be very mindful um, in, in that regards when we talk about uh, drinking and everything else um, in, in that matter, right? There's some genetic causes, right? Uh, there is uh, a disease we call NASH, which is a non-stepatohoidic uh, hepatitis, right? Which pretty much results in f uh, fat uh, replace fat tissue replacing the li normal liver tissue right and the problem with that is clinically there's nothing that you can do about it like there's nothing that you eat or drink that causes it it just for some people genetically it occurs the only problem is that for some people when that does occur over a long period of time they run the risk of having uh, liver dysfunction, they run the risk of having liver cancer. So it's not a benign issue. We used to think, especially in the medicine, we used to think that, oh, you got, you know, NASH. Well, that's what we called it. Oh, you got NASH. That's, you know, you, f you got a quote-unquote fatty liver. You got fatty liver. Don't worry about it. You'll be fine. Uh, but we're starting to realize, like, no, 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 these people, we actually got to keep an eye on them because uh, they're going to, they also, not they don't run the same risk as your patients with, uh, you know, the alcohol abusers and the, the, the viral hepatitis, they don't run that same risk, but they run enough of a risk where you have to be concerned in that regard. So, you know, NASH is a big one. Hemochromatosis, I've actually had a couple of patients uh, that I diagnosed myself with hemochromatosis. And this is when your body uh, absorbs too much iron, it takes in too much iron, and it actually starts uh, depositing in the liver, again, causing damage to that liver tissue. Now, cause the damage to that liver tissue. We talked about those, uh, some of the, the the functions of the liver. All of a sudden, you know, you start having problems holding on to those vitamins. All of a sudden, you have problems uh, producing those proteins. All of a sudden, you have problems like detoxifying your whole system, right? And and again, especially when we talk about detoxification, uh, a person who drinks, uh, the reason why you get a hangover is because your liver cannot break down enough of that toxin that you just ingested. Uh, and it takes a while. That's that's the whole hangover process, right? Your liver is trying to break it down, but it takes much longer than it needs to. And then you, you, you overwork the liver, right? So a hangover, think about a hangover as overworking the liver, right? You've done so much uh, in such a quick amount of time, your, your liver can't handle it. So you just kind of are in this like limbo state where you're out of it, right? So that's that's the the, the layman's term of what happens when you have uh, a hangover in that regard, right? That's why you got to drink plenty of fluid, plenty of fluid, plenty of fluids to try to give your liver some time to catch up and, you know, not cause you to throw up or vomit or anything else uh, in that regards. 
Uh, drugs is, again, another important one. There's some medications that some of you may take every single day. Um, and I'm not going to say it because, well, let me say it. Um, some of you may take medications. There's some uh, antibiotic medications that you may take. Uh, there's some uh, cholesterol medications that you may take. Uh, medication that you take for headaches, Tylenol. For it, when Again, a lot of things are good in very small quantities. But if you take too much Tylenol, let's say you got really bad arthritis and knees and shoulders and you've just been popping Tylenol all day, there's a risk of causing liver problems you know, later on as well too. So again, uh, Tylenol is great in small quantities but can cause a problem you know, in the future, right? So Tylenol, uh, some antibiotics, or some cholesterol medications that we have to be very mindful of, especially our, as a physician, when we prescribe these medications, you know, to watch uh, your liver function because we don't want it to cause any problems uh, in, in the future there. Uh, and cirrhosis is a big one. Cirrhosis, I think well, I'm actually going to do a separate Lunch and Learn on because it's actually a it's actually uh, it's almost like an end-stage product of, you know, liver disease. So we'll probably talk about cirrhosis you know, in a few episodes, maybe like in a couple months or I'm pretty sure there's like a cirrhosis awareness month. Whenever that month happens, uh, expect a podcast and a video episode around that in that regards, right? So cirrhosis and malnutrition in that regards, right? So what are some symptoms of liver problems, right? Like if you don't take care of your liver, right? Like if you, like we talked about what the liver does, we talked about some of the functions, we talked about uh, what are some causes of liver problems, but what happens when you get liver problems, right? Like what, what does it look like? Uh, it looks very different in outpatient world versus inpatient world, right? I can tell you the patients I've had in the outpatient world, um, one of the key characteristics that we see, like, oh, my God, this this person's liver is causing a problem, right, and is uh, jaundice, right? So that is uh, classically considered like the yellowing of the skin, right? So they their skin, and, and it's due to uh, a protein product that builds up, that your liver normally controls. So your liver normally controls this protein product, it's called bilirubin, and it keeps it at a ch in check level, right? But when your liver function kind of worsens, you know, that, that number kind of shoots up, kind of shoots up, and it gets to the point uh, where you're just as yellow, like especially if it's bad. You are just as yellow as, think of a highlighter. Again, and, and I wish I was exaggerating. Um, your whole skin becomes yellow. Your eyes become yellow. Your urine becomes extremely dark, orangey color because the 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 buildup in that skin it gets peed out as well too because there's so much of it, right? So jaundice is one of the biggest ones that we hear about, but you know bleeding is a concern too because remember we talked about uh, the the liver being v for vitamin storage and that vitamin K, right? So if you your liver is bad, your, if your liver is trash, all of a sudden you have problems bleeding, right? So that again, when we when we start thinking about the functions, we kind of understand like, oh, if I know the how that liver works, then I know what happens if it's a problem, right? So bleeding is an issue, vision problems is an issue. Some patients get what we consider like a, a swollen abdomen, a distended abdomen that's pretty much fluid filled. And why did they get that? Because, uh, and if you think about it, the proteins, right? Some of the proteins that the liver makes, in particular albumin, the product of albumin, or one of the best functions of albumin, albumin, I'm sorry, is that it keeps fluid uh, within vessels where it's supposed to be. Like, if, let's just think about it that right. Like, if you have, you know, if you have a tube of water and, you know, you put water in there, uh, the only reason why water doesn't spread out the tube is because it's usually encased, right? But if your abdomen is low, right, if you have very poor abdomen, if you're very malnutrition and your abdomen is low, all of a sudden that fluid that's supposed to be in that pipe kind of leaks out. 
And where does it leak out? It's going to leak out in the people's legs, it leaks out in your arms, it leaks out in your belly. So I've had some patients who've had to come to the hospital just for us to take fluid out their belly. And it's not like a small amount of fluid. I've had patients had to take out two, three liters. Again, think about a gallon jug, right? Um, in regards to from a, how, how much of a liter kind of looks like, right? I've had patients take out two to three liters out of fluid in, in that regard, right? So that's why I, it's extremely important, right? Especially when, you know, when your liver starts going awry and understanding the function of it, then you kind of understand all of the problems that kind of follow it afterwards right um itching is a big thing too i talked about my patients who are yellow yellow skin yellowish eyes um because uh that same product that billy rubin causes a lot of itching right so they're itching all over and benadryl corticosteroids nothing that you give them is working right they're just itching itching itching, itching and they hate they you know they quote they almost hate life because all their their itching becomes worse than anything else they wake up itching they go to sleep itching it's such a problem and there's not very many medications i can give you once you get to that point, right? There's not very medications I can give you once you get to that point. You get nausea, fatigue, diarrhea as well. Um, some people get confused. Remember we talked about B12. We talked about how B12 uh, functions when, when it comes to our mentation. So if your B12 is off, you're going to have problems arising is there as well too. So a lot of symptoms that are really of concern, especially when your liver starts causing problems, right? And that's, again, that's why, again, I, I want us to really stress the importance of, you know, the liver, right? Liver is this big organ, you know, it's usually on the, like, the right upper side, um, right upper ad portion of our abdomen um, from a location standpoint, but it's a huge, it's the biggest organ we got. And all of these problems, you know, arise when we don't take care of a liver, right? And, you know, I'm, I'm seeing so many so many patients who, by the time they come to see, especially because now I do inpatient, right? So, like, I'm not even on the front lines like I used to be anymore. I used to be on the front lines right in the office setting, you know, taking care of them, preventing them to, to getting to this point, right? But now I'm not there no more, right? So now I'm on an inpatient setting, and all I can do is try to educate them, and hopefully that they never have to come back, right? Y'all know my goal. My goal is to get to the point, like, I never have to see a patient in the hospital, right? Because everyone's healthy, and everyone's taking care of themselves, and their primary cares are taking care of them on an outpatient basis. They never come to me, right? But unfortunately, that's not the case, uh, you know, for, you know, a lot of, a lot of our uh, medicine uh, in that standpoint here. So you need, you know, people like me to take care of them once they get into the hospital, too, in that regard, right? So be very mindful. Again, I've had... I got, you know, I got a couple of patients, and again, you don't have to worry about HIPAA, I'm very good on like the non-HIPAA issues. I got a couple um, patients who are dealing with like cirrhosis of the liver. I got a couple of patients who came in either due to alcohol, Couple, one patient came in uh, from a hepatitis. Um, so a lot of different causes. I had one patient, not during my, my hospital stay here, but when I was a resident, uh, she actually came in because she took too much, well, this was unfortunately, this was intentional. Um, she took too much Tylenol. And she took so much Tylenol that she pretty much killed her liver. And we had to actually send her to Jackson Memorial uh, to get a liver transplant, right? Like, so again, uh, that medication that you take, that Tylenol that you take for your headache, that seems like it ain't nothing, can really cause the problems if you're not, you know, paying a mind uh, to it, right? All right, and that completed another great episode of uh, Our Lunch and Learn. And I hope you learned a lot about the liver today. Hope I can, again, begin to plant the seeds and get you to the point where you are educating yourself on every matter, but it's especially the health-related ones. And, you know, hope you can take this as a lesson, especially for those who may 
be at risk for damaging the liver, especially in the long term standpoint, make sure you follow up with your doctor and, you know, get some expert advice uh, on what to do next. Thank you for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. I hope you enjoyed that episode like I enjoyed giving you that episode for your listening pleasure. If you want, please join the community. Please tell a friend to tell a friend to join the community. I'm over at Twitter. I'm over at Facebook. I'm over, I'm even over at Pinterest. Like I'm everywhere. Everywhere where you want to be, I'm probably there. My username is pretty much the same everywhere you go. LunchLearnPod.com lunch learn pod at facebook lunch learn pod at twitter and the hashtag that we're using especially when you're listening to the episode and you want to share it and you want to tell all your friends is lunch learn pod as well all one word and before i let you go please do me a favor head over to apple Podcasts, google play soundcloud stitcher radio tune in radio wherever you like to hear listen to your podcast and even if you like listening on my website Leave me a comment. Leave me a review. Let me know how I'm doing. Leave me even a comment to say, hey, I'd like to hear about this topic versus that topic. And I'll be gladly able to kind of squeeze that in on the schedule. And you guys continue to have a great and blessed day. And I'm going to see you guys next week.